Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Thriving Adoptees podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Guy, Guy Gray. Welcome to Thriving Adoptees, Guy. Looking forward to our conversation today. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it as well. Yeah. So uh, this is the first podcast that Guy's Guy's done. So I'm I'm honoured to be your first host, Guy. Uh, I I am as well. Yeah. I'm gonna. It, it's it's all. Yeah. You're in safe hands because. Uh, it may be your first, but I think it's my 422nd or something like that. So I've done quite a few of these. Um, so, uh, Guy, when we were, you, Guy has just done a, I just released a, a book with a birth mum listeners, and a guy got in touch and asked if I'd be interested in having him on the show. And I said, yes, yeah, certainly. Um, and I'd, I'd love to talk healing with you so uh because that's what we're focusing in uh, now on the thriving adoptees podcast it's helping adoptees heal sharing what we've learned that's helped us heal or what's what, what we are learning to help us heal so everybody's got a different take on healing and i think uh, it's one of those words that's used a lot and it means very different things to different people so what what does it mean to you guy um well, it has um, a little bit difference depending on what the need is. Um, uh, I had a, a, a really hard story, and so parts of the need were really big. And then there's things that come up day to day that are uh, smaller that re require less uh, impact or less uh, things on that. And uh, one of the things that helps me uh, on my own more than anything else is when I can fix my own problems. And, and one of the examples of that is, is there's like three or four sayings that I have that um, I repeat to myself. And sometimes I say, Oh, wait a minute, I'm going way down on a tangent and I shouldn't be there. And so I, I am able to say, I, I'm not going to pursue this anymore, even though it's got me all fired up. Okay, so you you're catching yourself uh, going off course and kind of reining yourself back back in, yeah. That's correct, and and when I can do that on my own, that is um, really helpful because it's sort of like if you talk to uh, somebody that's got a problem, he's got a problem, he needs to fix it, he's got to go do all this, he doesn't want to, okay, or whatever like that, but. If, if it's me looking at myself, if I can see the problem and I can also see based on my own um, desires of something that I've said or something that uh, I, I know to be the direction I want to go, if I'm not going in that direction, I, I can fix that right away. And that's the easiest and best uh, tool or technique that I have for um uh, healing for especially for small problems if I just something gets me all fired up and then I need to fix that then I, I can go take care of that uh, fairly quickly what about the 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 deeper stuff guy um on thriving adoptees we kind of like to go deep because that's where all the the trash is buried right in terms of our our our, our wisdom what's helped you heal from the bigger stuff um, the, um, story was, um, when, when I contacted my, my birth mother, 
way bad, way fast. And I was completely not protect, uh, uh, expecting that. And um, I was completely caught off guard and um, felt like I was falling and falling and falling. And there was no uh, catcher's mitt to stop me from falling. I just felt like I was uh, just going downhill and I couldn't, couldn't fix it. And um, I, I talked to a friend of mine um, who's, father was associated with this church and I wasn't going to church at that time. And, um, I told my friend, I, I'd like to talk to your father. And his father happened to be a lawyer and that, that happened to be a type of person. I was thinking that if things go bad enough, maybe I need one of them too. So I went and talked to him and, um, he told me that in his church, there was a woman who uh, had uh, placed a child for adoption and she was giving speeches about her experience. And so I, um, through him, met her and we got together and started understanding her a little bit. And the really important thing is, is uh, we both had assumptions about the other side, the adoptee about the birth mother and the birth mother about the adoptee. The assumptions were just way wrong. And it was very powerful uh, to hear that voice uh, tell me, uh, yeah, your birth mother remembers you. And the way that you contacted her was probably shocking. And you're going to have to give this a break and give this a rest. And so uh, being able to talk to somebody who was, who was um, in that experience uh, to give me the hands-on uh, view from somebody that knew what I was talking about was very useful for me. Yeah. So what were the assumptions that you had? Uh, well, the first assumption is, uh, did she even remember me? Um, do, do you even think about me? Um, and um, um, things like... Uh, well, when you placed me for adoption, uh, it was because um, I was no good or you didn't want me. Uh, it was um, a lot of um, um, things along the lines of um, me not having value or she um, not having any um, concern at all for me. Wow. Yeah. So those assumptions you you were off off the mark that's what you discovered by talking to this other birth mother you just yeah um, that you were uh, off the mark. later on in her story when she did meet her son she was crying non-stop for five hours and it's like well <laughs> i think she did remember him and i think he was important yeah and so it uh was totally validating that I was completely wrong in my assumption. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've had a, I, I had a similar experience actually. Yeah. I had a, I had a similar experience. <clears throat> so we're going through life and we've got these thoughts and we've got these beliefs and we've got these assumptions about our birth mothers. 
and and we kind of like we're holding on to them we believe in them to be true and then they get completely blown out of the water is that what happened yeah that, that's that's what i experienced yes is is uh when i was able to talk to a birth mother um my assumptions were completely wrong and um the fact that my introduction to her life was like a bull in a china shop um, caused me to realize that whatever I do is only going to work is if I'm very soft uh, spoken and very soft in my movements and and do not push hard. Yeah. Okay. And so when you realized that you were uh, off way off the mark. Um, what impact did that have have on you and how you feel? Um, we had, uh, or I had attempted some correspondence that wasn't working and stuff like that. And it was just making, fueling anger and stuff like that. And at one point I, I wrote a letter and saying, um, whether or not we ever meet, I want us to be on good terms with each other. And uh, that was validating for me because it, it drew a line in the sand that I wasn't going to cross. And it also uh, probably let her know something in, in a good way that, oh, we don't have to, we don't have to fight each other. And also um, uh, something came up in, in me that um, caused me to think that, uh, you know what, with all of this that has been going on, I've got some, uh, pent up anger uh, somewhere that hasn't been dealt with. And I came to the conclusion that I needed to forgive uh, my birth mother of anything that was associated with what was going on from my past. And uh, that was very healing. Yeah. So the, uh, the anger's diminished, gone on the way um, out. What's happened to the anger? I, I I would I would say generally gone. Um, uh, I just had a birthday and and emotions came up, but I, you know what? I wasn't really ang angry uh, because of that. It's just like, like, well, I'm feeling abandoned again. It doesn't mean that I'm angry at my birth mother for that, but um, um, it used to be. It used to be it was her fault. Now it's now it's not. So you kind of like stop blaming it, right? There's no blame anymore. Yeah. And what impact has had that had on you? Um, I, I've, I've been uh, one of the one of the healing techniques that I, I used was my wife and I go out and uh, take photography all the time. And I love doing that. We go out in nature and take pictures and stuff like that. And that helps a lot. But getting all the anger out in uh, in uh other things i i see other people i know one in fact that's an adoptee he's really doing having issues with anger and i'm not and uh, it's like um if if you if you look at uh a, a couple of flowers one of them has pretty petals on it one of them shriveled up i'm not the shriveled up one <laughs> yeah yeah so you've got a you got a bench. I, I feel I feel a, a healthy a healthy outlook. You have a healthy outlook, and what does that mean? How's that impacted? What does that mean for you? How's that impacted your life? 
most of the time uh, I do things um, in an effort to help other people. I've done a lot of work helping the homeless. I've done, done a little, lot of work helping my kids and my nieces and my nephews and stuff like that in um, trying to uh, put them on the right course. And um, it's very soothing uh, to help others. And it makes it so that if you do have problems, you uh, can say, hey, my problems are low compared to what I'm looking at. Yeah. So you you talked about the fact that um, uh, the timeline, you said something about 20 years. Is it is it 20 years since this, uh, since, since you had this realization that the, uh, that your assumptions were off? Is that right? Uh, I contacted my birth mother in um, 1990 and um, I met, the other birth mother, uh, who's a friend of mine, yeah. uh, the next day. So it's actually been 30, 33 years. 33 years, wow. And um, I didn't realize everything all at once, but uh, over over time, it, um, it's um, things have been coming to me. Like when we first started talking, uh, she said, oh, no, to a whole bunch of the things that I started saying. But the uh, thing about letting the anger go, that was about 20 years ago. And presumably you'd been, had you been feeling that most of your life until that point or had it been there and gone or what was life, life like before? Well, uh, uh, the, the anger was a hidden thing. Um, and my wife knew about it, but I didn't know about it. And um, she would tell me that I was doing doing these things and not really realizing it. And then um, the uh, um, thing with with uh, adoption anger is uh, if I tried to do something with my birth mother, I'd be going, okay, this is good, 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 good. And then at the very end, I would explode and things wouldn't work. And um, the nature of never being able to be successful in attempting to make contact with her was all because of anger and it was hidden until until it exploded and then um um same thing with uh with, um uh, when i forgave her i was able to make contact and 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 we were able to talk very well with each other without ever experiencing experiencing anger at all yeah. And so the anger anger was 100% gone at the end of the story. Yeah. Why do you think that was? Um, um, the uh, co-author of my book had had people come into her house and murder her husband. And um, at the uh, end of the day, um, when they had been... Uh, arrested and uh, put in jail and put in prison she went and contacted each of them and forgave them and uh her ability to forgive them and she said she did it for, for herself she didn't do it for them she said i need that anger out of my system and uh i realized hey i still have anger in, in me and uh she 
turned on a light inside of me that said, Hey, I, I've got my own anger to deal with. And uh, she was able to forgive them and move on. And I figured I needed to forgive my birth mother and move on. Wow. That's an incredible story. Yeah, you should read my book. <laughs> yeah. 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 So she kind of led by, she led by example. Huh? She led by exam by example. She gave yeah. you an example. Oh, exactly. It, it was, it was, I could see in her life what she did and what it did for her. And then I, I thought, you know what? I don't care. I don't care what this does for my birth mother. I need to forgive her so that I can be clean inside. Yeah. Yeah. And then it helped a lot with my relationship with other people. Yeah. But you said that the anger before had hadn't had been um invisible to you, but it was visible to your wife, yeah. It was yeah, it was visible to to my wife, visible to my kids, and it was I was pretty calm most of the time, but when I had a problem it was explosive. Yeah. Yeah. Well I think I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> and relate to that. I think a lot of us can relate to that as a yeah. as as a adoptees. What what do you think was behind the anger? Um, I think that uh, at least if you take my story from the very beginning, everything was all her fault. All of this happened and she did this to me and she shouldn't have done that to me. That was, that was the initial feeling. And uh, she, she, was an educated person and um my uh birth father had had uh some success in his life and it didn't seem to me that there was a reason to place me for adoption and of course there was a closed adoption and i knew very little about them but i did know that she was educated and that he had um was working within a profession and i didn't understand why and um I was never given any information why. And I just thought there's there's no reason for this. I don't understand it and I don't um approve of it. Right. Okay. And uh, and did you uh, what about your uh, adoptive parents? We uh, how was your experience with them? Um they were all always supportive. They were a very good family. Uh, one of the problems that I had is when I was told that I was adopted, I didn't want to believe it. And I was a little bit um, angry just finding out that I had actually proved that I had a birth mother because I had a person there, which validated the fact that they told me I was adopted. Yes, you are, in fact, adopted. Here's the mother to prove it. And same thing when I found um, information about my birth father when I found here's a real person he's the one that it is once again um you, you're absolutely adopted he's not uh, your adopted father is not your um real father and uh I I was very close to them and I didn't want what had been told to me to be the truth but they were very supportive and when I did decide to search that was fine um my adopted mother was um, somewhat fearful uh, from way back when that uh, my um, birth mother was going to come after me and, and 
take me back into her family, which under the uh, uh, light of reality was completely the opposite of what really happened because she was not prepared to have me introduce myself to her or her family. But um, um, when um, I, I, I didn't make contact, my mother's adopted mother's fears were realized, but sort of backwards because of the, my birth mother was not the one uh, seeking the relationship I was. And I was very upset that it didn't go the way I wanted. And she supported that was, was afraid of it at the same time. Yeah. Um, have you, have you heard this, this sort of stuff related to, to grief at all? Yes. Um, and the, um, adoption, uh, process is similar to, uh, a death, uh, but it's also similar to an amputation, a, a psychological amputation. It's also a physical amputation. You're physically removed, uh, from somebody. And, um, I, I think that there's quite a bit of similarity between that and the experience of death. Except for um, death, um, usually um, you move on. But when you're told you're adopted and you don't get the whole story, you get to live with it for the rest of your life. So it's the uh, uh, death feelings that never go away. Yeah. But they have to you, for you somewhere, have they? Uh, they have now, now that I've discovered everything and... and uh, uh, been able to dispel a lot of my um, feelings that I now realize were not really the case. And I was able to forgive my birth mother and able to meet her, able to talk to her. And um, um, that has, has made a lot of that um, no longer, no longer applies. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you, you talked a lot in the, in the in the email, in the email, you talked a lot about um, brokenness. Can you share us a little bit? Other, share a little bit more about that. Um, I, I I sort of feel that um, uh, when you're given up for adoption, and this is on both sides, the adoptee and the birth mother, that it's a um, physical and emotional. Uh, amputation and an and that amputation is an example of a severe example of being broken because if you break your arm it heals back but if you amputate something that part's just flat gone and um the um reuniting with the um with my birth mother was more in line with a um a um Transplant. My, I, I had a friend who, when I was 18, who uh, needed a heart transplant, and he actually did get a heart transplant. Then he had to deal with the rejection of the uh, foreign heart not uh, being accepted. And that's sort of what I felt like with uh, my birth mother. I was uh, uh, broken um, th uh, through the adoption. It, it, it was an amputation. And I tried to uh, reunite with her, which was trying to Put the pieces back together and they didn't really fit the way that i had hoped they did because of uh the, the rejection piece was not really resolved yeah 
And, and how do you feel about that rejection piece now? Well, the um, the uh, fact that I um, had a friend that had had a transplant and had to deal with the the physical rejection, and I could see that uh, helped me a lot because I I felt that when uh, I tried to meet my birth mother and was unsuccessful, I I totally felt wow, I'm, I'm being rejected and I'm having to deal with this. And it's not exactly the same as my uh, friend with his transplant, but it's enough of the same that I, I, I see um, the trying to get back together and the rejection is something that um, maybe if you could find a way to do some healing, you could make that rejection go away. And uh, actually, that's what I worked on a lot was uh, how do you, how do you unreject once you reject, once you're rejected, because uh, um, there's no uh, pills that you can take or cream that you can put on that makes uh, an emotional uh, rejection like uh, what you experience in adoption go away. Like there might be if you have a heart transplant and they can either give you a shot or a pill or whatever, whatever they have to do, they can do something there. But the um, adoption re rejection, you have to find a way to deal with that in a different way. Yeah, but it it seems like the the uh, the some of the anger as the anger dispelled that led to um, a, a better relationship with her. Um, the anger dispelling enabled me to have a relationship because until then um, things would be good and I would explode when things got too close. In other words, we'd get a certain degree of closeness and then I just uh, make it fail and and um, there was quite a bit of sense that she was willing but not willing to deal with the explosive anger yeah so it sounds to me like it, it is it is it the insights that you've had that have changed you know you've seen these uh, you've seen these parallels um, um other people's perspectives and that seems to be the thing that has helped you it's it's helped a lot to to say this person has a, a life story that i can relate to and um and it doesn't mean that i can i can take care of it right now this minute because it took me uh, from the time that I contacted my birth mother until I met her the first time, it was 16 years. And by the time we had had a one-on-one -on -one conversation where we, we where we were talking to each other and the only ones in the room, that was another six years. So it was 22 years before I had a healthy conversation with her. Wow. And um, the uh, things that I heard from other people were very or learn from other people were very um, pivotal on getting me to where I finally wound up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, it seems like you took a really long, uh, patient and persistent tr track on this. Yeah. Yeah. It was extremely uh, persistent. And my um, thing that I learned that uh, I kept saying about my path is that I'm uh, changing uh, the course of the tide with the force of a feather. And if you think of uh, how strong a feather is and how strong the tide is, if you're changing the tide, it's a big thing. And if you're 
pushing it with a feather, that's a little thing. And so it's going to take a long time to get what you need. And uh, that's where I was with, with that journey. And and was it front of your mind all the time, this stuff? Cause it's. I'm sorry. Was it front of your, was it front of mind? No. In, in, in the, in the beginning is this failed. I want to fix it now. And why can't I fix it now? And, and so um, it took, a, it took several years before I understood that, uh, the fix it now thing was never going to be uh, the source of success. It took at least five years before I could say, you know, this is going to take a while. And uh, if I'm going to have any success, and I didn't know if I would or not, if I'm going to take uh, get any success out of this, it's got to be in the long run. Yeah. And so I didn't ask the question quite right. Um, was your relationship um, with your birth mother and, and the need to to fix that was that on your mind all the time was it or, or was it did it was it like did it come and go with you put it on the back burner and say right i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna forget about uh this the, this reunification for for a, a, a while it's getting me down um uh i i need to i need to put it to one side was it did you did it go on the back burner or was it like more like a uh was it more like a thing that was constantly on your mind? Well, it was constantly on my mind. And I, when I came to the realization that I needed to put it on a back burner, I, I got a job that uh, required me um, to travel all over the place. And when I was traveling, I was by myself. And um, uh, I was busy enough so that uh, I had work things to do. Uh, and then later I got another job that didn't have the traveling, but it was uh, all-encompassing. All I was work, 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 and uh, I didn't have time for much else. And then when I stopped doing that, I started helping the homeless and focusing on the needs of other people. And I was able to get to a point to where uh, the needs of other people were the focus and not my needs. Yeah. So initially, it was a distraction thing. Fill, fill, yes. your, fill your, fill your life with busyness. Yes. To to distract yourself from the from the pain. And yeah, and that was that was after maybe five years of just uh, constantly dealing with this, and so it was very, uh, very destructive until I until I started uh, medicating with work. Yeah. Which was very destructive on my life, which got better when I started helping the homeless. Yeah, yeah, wow. Sounds like you've been really through the through the mill on this. Yeah, yeah it's 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 been a long process, a painful process. Yeah. So what um, what led you to come up with the idea of writing the book? Um, I had uh, retired from teaching. I was a, a school teacher teaching high school math. And I'd retired from teaching, and it was during the pandemic. And so um, you really couldn't associate with people that much uh, at this time. And I was going to a coffee shop um, regularly, and uh, I had to sit outside with a mask on to talk to people. And so I, I was talking to people three or four days a week, and it's usually the same people. And um, we started telling stories uh, to each other. And uh, I told several stories, and uh, and uh, one of the 
people that were there said, wow, you should write a book. And uh, it took me several months to figure out what book I wanted to write because I had told her all kinds of different stories. And then I said, well, my, my adoption is the beginning of my story. So I think that I need to start with the adoption. And so that's where the idea of uh, writing a book about adoption came from. Yeah. Uh, and at some point you thought it would be more fun to do this in a collaboration uh, with the birth mother or what happened there? Um, well, I was, um, had, had my own story and I knew that it, it was a good story, but the way that my story rolled out, um, all of the events in my story were, um, uh, often centered around this particular birth mother. And it's like, you know what, I really can't tell my story unless I also enable her to tell her story because I'm referring to this other person over and over again. And so I said, why don't we write a book? I called her up and said, why don't we write a book? And she said, yes. And uh, so then, then we got started. And uh, the book is our journey over 32 years, um, uh, exchanging um, voices as we uh, tell, the, tell our own story uh, during that time, yeah. uh, going from then until now. Until now. Yeah. And um, yeah, you... Did you, if I remember rightly from the emails, you you met your birth mother just before she died. Is that right? Uh, I met her in 2006, and she died in 2012. And for two weeks right before she died, I had one-on-one -on -one contact with her where I was the only one talking to her. And uh, she was fascinated about our conversation, and we talked to each other for about an hour every day. That, that uh, well, I met her five times over two weeks. And each of the five times I talked to her for uh, close to an hour and uh, they were very um, uplifting and and peaceful conversations. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, was, what was her take on um, the change in you? Um, at one point during those five days, uh, one of her friends came and visited me and they I, I watched them talk to each other and um, um, my birth mother had said something about being afraid because of me being uh, angry. And then she asked, was looking at me and, and uh, saying, it doesn't seem like there's anything wrong with him now. And she says, no, there's not. And so she had... Uh, uh, acknowledged that to her friend, but um, she, she really didn't talk to me about that. And uh, even, even I think this was like the second day before she passed on. Um, one of the nurses in the nursing home came in and asked me um, if that was my mother and I shook my head. Yes. And then, um, and then the nurse went and talked to her and said, uh, isn't it nice that your, your son is coming to visit you? And uh, her response was, uh, he's not my son. He's just a really good friend. <laughs> and so even at the very end of her life, she had something that needed to be kept private from a nurse. That, and, and it was just a strange, strange um, thing that she couldn't, she couldn't open up even then. Even at that late date, what do you think that might have been? Um, 
I think that she had been extremely shamed by her mother when she got pregnant and um, had felt that no matter what, this is not something we talk about and this is never going to come back and haunt you or whatever. And you just need to forget about this and just disassociate with, with this uh, person that you're giving up. Yeah. Yeah. I spoke to a, a Canadian adoptee and uh, her birth mother wouldn't admit it to her. Yeah, mm -hmm. your your um, birth mother was concerned about the the you know concerned denying it denying it to the nurse, but yeah, uh, uh, what was you know confirming agreeing with it, um, admitting to you, um, but this 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 uh, Canadian birth mother couldn't admit it to her own daughter. Um, right. Yeah. So Well, I, between me and my birth mother, she never told me that she was my birth mother. She never acknowledged it with words. Oh, right. Sorry. Sorry. I, I was... Yeah. Yeah, I, I did. Um, she, she had a, a son and two daughters, and then I had an aunt and an uncle that talked to her. And so it was very clear that she admitted it. But in our one-on-one uh, -on -one conversations, that never came up as something that was um, um, that open. Yeah. And uh, strangely enough, on the very last few minutes that we talked on the day that she died, uh, she told me she wanted me to bring my wife to come see her at the nursing home the next time that uh, I visited, which was uh, very healing to me and very rewarding to know that um, she was uh, ready to open up a little bit, but she wasn't w willing to w open up all the way yet. <laughs> no, no, not quite, no. Wow. Um, just going back to the book then. So the the, the book, how, how does it work with um, this birth mother, your, your friend telling her story and you telling your story? Are, are they kind of like sequential chapters? Is it? There's, there's, it's a, it's a short book, so there's not a total a lot of meat to it, but there's a lot of emotion in it. And the first um, chapter is me introducing, um, talking to her son in an open letter, saying, "This is how I met your mother," because uh, um, she did contact her son, who, who had she had placed for adoption, and so I, um, the first chapter is um, me. Uh, introducing the the story by saying this is how I met your mother and uh, the next three chapters is her telling her story and then the uh, chapter after that that'd be chapter five I'm uh, talking about the uh, 16 years that transpired from the time that I had met this adopted uh, or this birth mother until uh, I had actually um, had first contact with my um, birth mother um, 16 years later. And then the uh, uh, chapter after that, I'm talking about how um, um, 
what it was like during the last two weeks where I was actually having a one-on-one conversation with uh, my birth mother for the first time. And that was right before she had died. And then there's uh, um, two chapters after that where, where we're just wrapping things up. And so talking about wrapping things up, um, is there anything that you'd like to share before we wrap our conversation up now? Um, I, I, I think that um, uh, a lot of adoptees, whether they're searching or not, um, have never talked to a birth mother. And it's very eye-opening if if they're able to do that, especially if they're able to talk to a birth mother who's willing to share, because a lot of times that's not the case. And the same thing with a uh, birth mother. It's, it's very eye-opening if you're able to talk to an adoptee who's willing to share. You'll learn a lot of things that um, uh, you weren't expecting. Um, and... Um, uh the very first um birth mother i ever talked to was the birth mother who was um i I co-wrote the book with and the very first adoptee she'd ever talked to was me yeah and so um we ended up being pivotal parts of each other's success story because of what we knew from the other side and so um people will tell you to go to uh uh, ancestry.com and get your dna um, test results so that you can find somebody, but it's really valuable to know some of the background of people from the other side um, so that you can get rid of some of your uh, misconceptions. And that's that's where where I, I think the book has some values you can yeah. see. Oh, there, there's, there's my misconception right there. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So um, we've had a few birth mothers on the on the show, um, uh, guys. So I I will put some links into uh, I'll put some links in the show notes so that listeners right. can uh, listen to some uh, interviews with birth mothers, because uh, yeah. uh, I think that's another way to to get an insight. Um, it's it, it, in no way is it is as rich as the insights you get from a face to face conversation or a one to one conversation. It goes right. it goes some way, you know, and um, maybe they can get in touch with the birth mothers um, through. Well, um, adoptees and birth mothers. Now that we got the uh, internet going, that they, they didn't always have that. Yeah. But it's easy to find people. I mean, if you want to talk to a birth mother, it'd take you thirty seconds to find one. Or if you want to talk to an adoptee, they're they're not hard to find. Uh, it might be a little harder to find one that. Um, is the right person for you to talk to um but but they're definitely out there yeah cool great uh, great advice guy thank you very much for sharing so much and really appreciated your time today and thank you listeners and um, we'll speak to you again very soon take care and uh, thank you as well as well and uh, i i really appreciate your time thanks guy